0: And now another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee.
1: So here we are Acts chapter 9 verse 8 we are it's a, it's a very familiar text we've been looking at it for the past 2 weeks and as I said I know it's about the conversion of the apostle Paul but the Lord has a, advise me to teach it a different way not that we are not celebrating the conversion the transformation of the apostle paul we thank god for the apostle paul he was called the apostle of the gentiles but brothers and sisters my goal here is to focus on jesus intervening on behalf of his sins amen the church was being persecuted mm-hmm. jesus told Saul, as you know why are you persecuting me Mm-hmm. And he said, you're kicking against the prick. I'm intervening to stop the persecution. Because these are my people. I'm the high priest who's touched with the very, with the very feeling of my infirmities. Amen? So I'm coming to defend my people. And so that what, that's what Jesus did. And we are looking at the intervention and Paul's response and the men around him. As I said, we've dealt with verse 1 to verse 7 last week. What I want to do is, I'm not going to read... Verse 8 to 16. But rather I'm going to go through it line upon line. Is that all right? The text is Acts chapter 9 verses 8 to 16. But let's start from verse 8. Verse 8 picks up right after Saul uh, found himself on the ground. You remembered. The light came. Found himself on the ground. And he asked two important questions. You remembered. We've dealt with these questions before. One of the most powerful questions he asked was. Lord who are you? Mm Mm-hmm. He said, "Lord, who are you?" And we said, "That should be the goal of everybody who get. As soon as you get saved, our goal should be to find out who are you, Lord." And so we said, "It's good to be on First Peter two two. Uh, you remember First Peter two two, Amen." Uh, we called it. There is a phrase we used. I'm trying to recount it. Lord, help me. Anyhow, so 1 Peter 2 2 says, "As as newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of the word. That we may grow thereby. So very important question is, Lord, who are you? The second question is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Two important questions. Who are you? And Lord, what's your will for my life? We took the last two Sundays to look at the last question. Lord, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do now that we've had an encounter lord what do you want me to do you said amen you know the thoughts that i have jeremiah 29:11 you have the thoughts you have the plan i need them what do you want me to do amen and so from here jesus told paul Saul at the time to get up and go to damascus Amen. So that's where we are starting from verse eight, Acts chapter nine. And Saul arose from the earth Mm -hmm. and when his eyes were opened, his eyelids were opened, he saw no men, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Can I come here for a couple of minutes? The Bible said, Saul arose in obedience to Jesus' command. You remembered? Jesus told the apostle Saul, arise and go to Damascus. In obedience to the the Lord, now he knows who's Lord. Mm -hmm. He knows Jesus is Lord. He's not going back to Jerusalem, to Gamaliel, and the sect of the Pharisees. He's now obeying the real Lord. Are you with me saying? So the Bible said, he arose in obedience to the Lord Jesus, Jesus said to him in verse 6, Arise. Can you go to verse 6? Let's see what Jesus said to him. And he trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord Jesus said unto him, Arise. And do what? Go into the city and it shall be told you what you must do. Well, that's what he's doing here in verse 8. He arose in obedience to Jesus. How did he get to Damascus? This is what I want to take some time to spend I want to spend some time on this. How did he get to Damascus? Well, verse 8 tells us. That verse 8 reads. He, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the what? To Damascus. His men, who were speechless and left in a state of paralysis for fear of hearing a voice, but not seeing no one. These men led him by the hand to Damascus. I want you with me to imagine in your mind's eye. See them. Soreness men, speechless, trembling, brought to a state of nothingness because they encountered the resurrected Jesus. See them walk into Damascus, speechless, humiliated, embarrassed. Are you seeing them in your mind's eye? You see, that's what happens to you, amen, when you encounter the real Lord. He will change your life. He will let you see yourself for who you are. One commentator said, listen, one commentator said, It was a pathetic picture to see the masterful Saul, Saul who thought he had it going on, Saul who got letters from the high priest. Mm-hmm. Act- letters to extradite the, 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 the sins from Damascus to back to Israel. Saul who thought he was somebody. Saul who sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Now look at the pathetic picture. Masterful Saul. Victorious. The persecutor and conqueror of the disciples. Stood and watched Stephen stoned. Cloaked the people's coat at his feet. Not now. Now he's helpless like a child. He's blind. I want you to see what's happening, since because sometimes we overlook these things. And we talk about the great apostle Saul. I have no problem with that. But I want you to see how God brought a man to his knees and changed his life. And brother, real change occurred in Saul's life. Saul was never the same again. Because he had an encounter with the resurrected Lord. The incarnate Jesus. There is a parallel here I don't want you to miss. A parallel, and that is, brothers and sisters, when you got your encounter with the written word, did it change your life completely? We need to ask ourselves that question, yes. Yeah, yeah. Saul was changed. Totally. Never went back to the same thing he did. Why do sometimes we Christians... It would seem that the world is still attractive. Well, let me move along here. Some of you, quiet, but, quiet, but that's okay. Amen. But I want you to see Saul, amen, going down to Damascus, helpless like a child, hopeless like blind Bartimaeus. You see, back in those days, in that culture, if you lose your sight, you lose respect, you lose dignity, you lose your ability to earn a living. And God knew exactly what to do to Saul. To take him down to ground zero. Mm -hmm. Because that is where you are ready for the Lord. You see Moses, you remember Moses 40 years. Mm -hmm. In the wilderness. You remember he's before God now. He's no longer third in command. In Pharaoh's house. He's a shepherd in the dust. Brother he's sweating a lot now. For 40 years, God showed up and he has nothing. He's at ground zero. That's not Moses. Moses is at ground zero. He is, have you ever seen a dead Coke? Nothing is effervescing. When you open a Coke at first, Coke, sorry. Sorry. You know, sometimes when you open a Coke, a Coca-Cola, when you open it, it effervesces. That's when you have a lot of pump. He's ready. Leave it there for a few days. Ignore it. Don't cover it. He's dead. That is how Pharaoh, that's how Moses was in the wilderness. Now he's ready to be used by the Lord because he knows it's enough about him. But it took the man 40 years to get there. What did it take to bring Saul there? Take his side. Just take his side. Because we think, you know, it's our side. We think we came up with our side. And God said, I know exactly what to do. To bring you down to ground zero. With all that pump, you have all that popularity. I know exactly what to do. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. And so we have a raging bull became a docile lamb. Yes, yes. Saul had an agenda in Damascus, but Jesus had another appointment for him in that city. Jesus interrupted the man's agenda, and that's what Jesus will do. The ferociousness of of Paul was taken away. He's confused, no longer thinking of Gamaliel, and wanting to be part of the sect of the Pharisees, because he came in contact with the resurrected Lord. Since, let me ask you, have you come in contact with the resurrected Lord? You know, sin is referred to as the king of the five senses. Let's it again. Sin is referred to as the king of the five senses. The quickest way to humble a human being is to take their sight. Our resurrected Lord gave us the privilege of sight and can take it back if he so desires. I want you to sense today, I want you to really... That's why when we began singing that song, I have come back to say, thank you. I kept saying, thank you for my sight. Thank you. (laughs) Mm. In that culture, as I said, if your sight was taken, you lose your ability to earn a living and you you are reduced to the status of a beggar. That's what's going through Saul's mind. Am I now a beggar? What's going on? That's why when Jesus went to Ananias, he said, Ananias, Saul is in the house of Judah, um, uh, of Judas in, in, um, in Damascus. And he's praying, Lord, give me back my sight. Please. I made a mistake. Can you help me? We know blind Bartimaeus knew all about this. That's why he was hollering for help when Jesus was passing by. You remember blind Bartimaeus? Jesus came down from Jericho. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting on the side doing what? What is he doing? Begging. And Saul knew that. And Saul is saying, "Have I been reduced from a, to, to the status of a beggar? I mean, I went to an elite university." I was taught by the Pharisee of Pharisees, the most educated Pharisee. You mean that's what's happening to me today? That, <laughs> that experience will change any human being. Any human being. You see, sometimes we read it and we just move on. But it's good to sit down and soak in the sermon and see what's happening. I know I've read, I've listened to the story of blind Bartimaeus and I've been a lot of preaching and blind Bartimaeus had to toss his coat and get up. Blind Bartimaeus was hollering for his sight. You hear me? I know there may be a sermon in getting up and throwing your clothes aside. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you, blind Bartimaeus was hollering for his sight. Blind Bartimaeus said, who's passing? What is all that commotion about? And somebody said to him, Jesus of Nazareth. Who is passing by. And blind Bartimaeus said, this is my opportunity. And somebody said, blind Matimius, be quiet. He said, be what? You can't see, I can't. I got to make some noise. Are you a beggar? I am because I cannot see. You are telling me be quiet because you got an 8 to 5 job. I got nothing. You see, sometimes you just read the story and make me move on. You know, the man began to cry for his sight. began to scream the bible said he cried out mark chapter 10 he cried out you see sometimes when we are not in people's we cannot identify with with people's situation because we are not there i mean these people were these people they were not blind not yet telling him to be quiet Saul found himself praying before the bible says he was breathing threats That's what the Bible says. He was what? Breathing threats. No more threats. Breathing now. Down on your knees now. Now you know who's Lord. (laughs) Oh, glory be to Jesus. Now he stood in this grace. Not having his sight. Amen. And Saul knew. Listen, brothers and sisters. Saul knew. And Saul knew about the importance of sight. Because when he, his name was changed to Paul, you remember, his name was changed to Paul, he was released on his first missionary journey with Barnabas. And he went to a place called, I think in Acts chapter 13, he went to a place called Pethos. It is a city in Cyprus. And when Paul, when he, by, the, by then, he, he, he was changed. Amen? So he was released on his first missionary journey. Let's read it quickly. Because I want to spend some time and show you the importance of what I'm talking about. Can you go to Acts chapter thirteen, verse four to twelve? Let's read it. Acts chapter thirteen. You got it. Verse four. It reads: So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, That's Paul and Barnabas. I'm going to read expeditiously. So hang in there, Amen. I'm trying to get to a point. So they, they here is referring to Saul, Paul, and Barnabas, Amen. Sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Cilicia. Into Cilicia, sorry, and. From there, they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 5 says, and when they were in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also with them John to their minister. That's John Mark. You remember, amen? Verse 6, and when they came, when they had gone through the isle, isle I mean, island of Pethos, they found a certain sorcerer, a male witch, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus. A sorcerer's name is Bar Jesus. Bar means son of. So his name means son of salvation. What an irony. To have a male witch being called the son of salvation. Verse 6 read, uh, verse 7, which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, uh... Who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So, listen to me what's happening here. Sergius Paulus is the governor and he's and his assistant deputy is a male witch. Amen. His name is Bar-Jesus. Elima. Elimas. Amen. And so, li- listen, verse 8 says, verse, verse 7 says, which, which was the deputy of the country. such a prudent man. Who called for Saul and Barnabas. And desired to hear the word of God. The men really want to get saved. He heard of Paul and Barnabas. He heard of their preaching. And he wants to get saved. Now notice what the male witch is doing. Then Saul who also called Paul. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Set his eyes on the male witch. And said. Oh full of subtlety. And all mischief. Thou, child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And what the male witch is doing, he's distracting the proconsul, the governor, from listening to what Paul has to say. Notice what Paul did. Notice what Paul did. Uh Verse 11, and now Paul is speaking to him. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be what? Blind, not seeing the sun for a season, And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Immediately he lost his sight. And that man, that male who thought he was somebody was now helpless like a baby. (laughs) Saul, Paul now knew the power of having your sight. And Paul said, if you think you're somebody, I'm going to do to you what the Lord did to me. How many of you thank God for your sight? Yeah, thank God for my sight. You lost your sight, you lost your your way to earn a living. And notice what happened quickly, quickly, quickly. It says here, and immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, listen, the deputy... Sergius Paulus, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Sergius Paulus looked at Paul. He looked at the male witch. He saw they carried the male witch out. And Sergius Paulus said, Saul, I'll accept Jesus and I'll buy anything you are selling. <laughs> he, he said, Look, I want my sight. Uh-huh. I love sin. I am Paul. He said, I, Paul, I'm all right with you and Barnabas. Everything is all right. I need my eyesight. And brothers and sisters, that male witch, that male witch was dealt with by the Lord. Because God's word, again, God's word was being yeah. Intercepted. And God will do what he has to do. You get what I'm saying since he will do what he has to do to ensure that his word goes forth. Amen. His word goes forth. You know, I, I was studying last night and I, I just. You know, after you prepare this sermon, you sit and you begin to just look at. You sit back and you look at what God gave you. And it just came to my heart that I think it's First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 20 to 22. It says here, it talks about, touch not my anointing. That's what Saul was doing. Blind and helpless is one of the ways you will end up when you touch the Lord's anointing. You remember, hear me, hear me, hear me. Now, the phrase anointed does not refer to one individual. When the phrase was originally introduced, it was referring to the nation of Israel. Now, I know some of us spiritual leaders, we've hijacked the phrase. (laughs) Let me say it again. Did I say that too fast? Let me say it. I know we, some of us spiritual leaders, we have hijacked the phrase. Let me write it. Let me say it the same way I have it here. The same way the Lord gave it to me. So, And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, praise the Lord. I'm going to show you from scripture, when it was first used in context, it was referring to the nation of Israel, not to one man. It's always good to go back in context and see how God used it. I'm not saying it's not referring to spiritual leaders. What I'm saying, when it was first used, amen, because we see what, Happened to Saul, because he touched the Lord's anointed, he was harassing Christians, not one particular man or woman. Are you hearing me, saints? It says here so the word, the word touch means to lay hands upon, to strike, or to talk against somebody with your mouth. Well, I believe sometimes we, as brothers and sisters, we don't understand that when you and I stay at the house. And we talk ill of another brother or sister. We don't realize we are touching the Lord's anointing. <laughs> Sometimes we don't realize that. And then, and then on the other side we are asking God, why isn't this working? Why is that not working? You know, you know, we had a minister's meeting yesterday. Elder Brenda said something that really touched my heart. She said, I'm learning to control what I say. In my mind, I didn't say amen, but in my mind I say me too. <laughs> because we're all trying to do the very same thing I l- last week quite a few of you came up to me and said pastor you were right, you were right on my track you were preaching it's like you know what you knew what was going on at my house and I'm saying brothers and sisters if if that was true change watch the man in the, in the mirror and make the change Michael Jackson said it I'm looking at the man in the asking him to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see there is a message in there. Oh, we sing it and we move the body but we forget the message. He said, "I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change or her, change his or her ways." And he said, "Oh yeah." No, 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 no. Some of you know it better than I do. <laughs> I'm submitting to you. If that's you, change. If I'm at, if I'm here studying and I'm putting a sermon together, and you're at your home all week, go to home back and forth working. And the Lord gave me something to write. That's referring to you. Why not do it? Look, I do not know what's in your life. God is trying to reach you through me. So why not change? Why not make the change? God is trying to reach to you, to me, for promotion. So we can be a better people. God has need of us. And so, brothers and sisters, let's not, like Saul, touch the Lord's anointing. Amen. We all are anointed. The Bible says in 1 John 2 20, you have an unction. 1 John 2 20. He's referring to all Christians. Now, the word anointed, part of the word is being set aside for special task. We know that. Being set aside by the Holy Spirit. Separation consecrated for task. Amen. Right here, right here. Paul is John is saying, the last apostle who to die, Amen. He called himself the father. He was like a father to the church. A father to Timothy. But you have an unction. The word, the word unction here means anointing. You have what? From the from whom? Does anybody in here have the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Some of you, I'm supposed to hear, yes! Sometimes, sometimes I know we don't feel like it. Amen. Sometimes when you're going through in this life, Lord have mercy, it feels like, Lord, where art thou? Amen. Where are, we were asking God exactly what he asked Adam. <laughs> God asked Adam, where art thou? Now we were asking God, where art thou? Because life has cut. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes when you're going through some things in life and you've been tested and God is nowhere. But we got to remember the promise. I will never leave you. Lord I'm with you always, Matthew 20:20. 20. Amen. And God is on a man that he should lie. If he said it, Numbers 23:19. That's what he says. If he spoke it, he will make it good. God will make it good. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. Just hang in there. Tell your neighbor you got to have some weight power. W A I T Power. You got to have somewhat weight power. You hear me? When you get weight power, the devil can't touch you. <laughs> you see, I mean, yeah, yeah. When you get some weight power, the devil cannot do anything with you. Mr. Grover, he's got to pack up his bags and leave. Because he cannot get you to misbehave. He cannot get you to say the wrong thing. He's got to go. Can I testify quickly? You know, my wife and I—we've been waiting for a long time, just for something to turn around the corner. You know what I'm talking about? Just turn around the corner, Lord. Just, just just—it's been almost a year. There were times I come, I came to this pulpit heavy, but preached like nothing. Preached like nothing was happening. The weight, and I believe. I was wearing down. I believe because let me tell you why. The Lord reminded me of a dream. How many of you remember Joel Austin's father, Joel Austin? You know Joel Austin. His father said that um, the church was having a function, and everybody is volunteering to bring, you know, all type of expensive things. So he said, "I'm the pastor." I'm going to volunteer to bring something huge. He said, I'll volunteer two cows. Two cows roast. Have it prepared. And I was 60 days out. I think the church was having a banquet. And he said, I'm going to volunteer to have, he said, I'll provide the beef. Two cows roasted. Amen. 60 days from that day. Elder John, 30 days passed. No cow. And he's believing God. He said he began praying in tongues almost an entire day. God, 15 days out, no cow. God, God, please don't embarrass me, Father. And he's hearing nothing, nothing. Five days out, no cow. On the third day, he broke down. Listen to me, he broke down. The third day, he broke down. And he called the board of directors, I'm so sorry. I promise you a couple of cows I haven't gotten the money. And they said, no problem, pastor. The very night, he went went to bed. And he had a dream. He had a dream. He saw a huge snake with two bumps. One bump, two bumps. And he got up. And he said, Lord, what was that? And the Lord said to him, that's the devil who got your two cows because you gave up. when the Lord brought that to me I said oh God thank you it is working out I just got to wait hallelujah oh God is faithful saints he will work it out he will turn it around and around and around when you least expect it Oh God, I give you praise. I give you glory. And guess what? Last week. Can somebody say last week? Hallelujah. Last week. Almost a year. After hanging in there. And not saying the wrong things. God said to me, do not say what Joel father said. Do not give up. Psalms twenty-seven, verse thirteen. You, you, it says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You it says, let me, uh, uh, God, I give you praise. And so, and so, what I last week, Apostle. You see, it was a, it was a house. That needed to be sold for a long time. You see the market. The market is going down. The the market is going down. Everything is going down. And so in my mind. The house price has to go down. Nobody is going to. Give an offer. A reasonable offer. For that matter the day before Saturday. I had somebody said to me look. I'll give you 50,000 less than what it's worth. And I said, the devil is a liar. Well, I didn't say it like that, but in my mind, in my mind, I looked at them, I said, I'm so sorry, I cannot do that because I did a a market analysis and I can see, praise the Lord. And when they left, I said, Lord, can you help a brother I can barely breathe. That was Saturday, Sunday. Sunday is on the way for some of you. It may be Friday or Saturday. But Sunday. Is on the way. Sunday afternoon. (laughs) I said this is my last. Open house at the house. And I said. Lord I'm going to take out the sign. Yes Lord. And I said in 30 or 40 more days. If the market gets better. I'll put it back on the market. So I pulled out. The sign from the house, placed it in the garage, and I'm driving around picking up my directional signs, and I got a call. I got a call, and I'm so discouraged. But I'm not saying the wrong thing because I know what James chapter three says about the tongue. The tongue is like the a rudder of the of a boat. It can, if a small steering will can change the direction of such a huge ship. Your tongue can change the direction of your life. And so here am I, discouraged but not saying the wrong things. I'm picking up my sign saying, Lord, I already thought you'd work it for a brother. But I thank you anyhow, in my heart, I'm not saying the wrong thing. When I was about to pick up my last di- directional sign, I got a call. The call came and I said, not this afternoon, I'm done. And the Holy Ghost said, pick up the call. I picked it up Mr. Williams I said yes ma'am my name is such and such and such from from this real estate company are you still at the open house I was about to say ma'am I'm done but I said ma'am I am um, I am um, I'm I'm on my way picking up my directional sign because praise the Lord uh, the open house ended at 4 30 minutes to 5 now she said sir do you have 10 minutes just 10 minutes I'm sending some clients over I whipped around. I went in the house. I did not go now. I waited in the vehicle. That's how broken I was. But I'm not saying anything. In my heart, I'm broken, but in my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like Medea, hallelujah. Element, <laughs> I'm just saying hallelujah. I even started making a joke out of it. I said hallelujah in the van. Because I'm, I want to confuse the devil. I, because I know what's happening. The clients came. As soon as they walk in the house. They said, we will take it right now. <laughs> Just like that. Right now. We'll take it. In, in about an hour. Now I'm going to send you a contract. We'll take it. Apostle, in exactly an hour. I got a text, check your email, a contract came. And I looked at the price. I said, that's got to be (laughs) (laughs) God." In the nick of time. Can you say he's an untimed God? Yeah, yeah. In an untimed God yeah for the past year I fasted I hollered we fasted for 40 days I went on another fast and I I did everything I could I came here I said devil loose the buyer loose the buyer in the name of Jesus you see it was testing time for me it was testing time and you need to understand when it's testing time it doesn't matter how much you holler how much you fast you you've got to wait it out like Joseph did. The Bible says we looked at this. I would like looked at the Psalm last week, Psalms 105, verse 19. It says, Until the time his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. He tried everything. He said, He said to the baker, When you go to Pharaoh, can you tell him I'm here? The baker forgot. Because it wasn't time. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We serve a wonderful God. And if you're here today. Now I didn't come to give that testimony. The Holy Ghost told me to do that. Because some of you need to hear that. Some of you may be you—you you, right at the threshold of giving, of giving up. Don't you give up. Right at the threshold of giving up. Don't you give up. Because there's no respecter of persons. You just have to watch what you say. Regardless of how you feel. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah, you see, so God and I were talking. I said, Father, all this time, and you know what the Holy Ghost said to me? He said, you needed to go to another level. He said, it's a why you haven't been tested. You see, sometimes when you've plateaued, you don't even know you've plateaued. Let me say that again. Sometimes when you've plateaued, you don't even know you've plateaued. God knew God knows. And you just need that type of reality so you can move a little higher. So your faith in God can be stronger. So you can encourage somebody. Because somebody needs to hear this testimony today. You 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 you, you may be looking today, and you need to hear this testimony that God is faithful. His timing is not our timing don't you get discouraged and give up while I was walking and exercising and praying that song always came up God he he's able you know the song God that's what he said he's gonna fulfill every you know the song Don't you give up on God. Because he'll never give up on you. He's able. He's able. He's able. I came here to tell you that he's able. He's able. I'm going to stop here. Hallelujah. Father we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. We magnify your name. Wow, we exalt and extol thee. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Can you slip your hands up in the air and tell him thank you? Hallelujah. He's, he, he has never failed and he will never fail. But since we have a part to play, we have a part to play, we have a part to play since, we've got to hang in there, believe and don't say the wrong things hallelujah there is a verse there is a verse the lord gave me hallelujah glory be to jesus <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah thank you jesus amen let the psalmist play praise the lord hallelujah blessed be the name of jesus can you give the lord a hand of just hey father we give you praise we give you glory hallelujah can you put uh, psalms 27 verse 13 glory be to jesus Psalms 27 verse 13. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here is a verse that you have to memorize. It says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. You've got to do what? Believe to see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not when you go in the millennial ring. Now. Can you say now? In this earth. In this earth. In this earth. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes Lord. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Yeah don't forget this particular verse. Amen. I remember walking and saying this verse. In this verse, just reciting it, Lord, I thank you. I'm not going to collapse, I'm not going to fail, but I'm going to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.
0: Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today, knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord... I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.